You know, one question I often get asked is, how can I listen to ad-free shows? Well, the answer is simple. You plug directly into your normal podcast app, like Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, and you do that through an RSS link. And then you just listen like you always would, except no commercials. Here's something else you may not know. You not only get the shows early and ad-free, but you also get a ton of bonus content with adfreeshows.com. You also get early access to many of your other favorite wrestling podcasts from William Regal's new show to the road dog, Brian James to Matt Hardy and so much more starting at just $9. So quick Scott Steiner math tells us that's less than 20 cents an episode each month. See for yourself what thousands of other wrestling fans have already discovered that adfreeshows.com is the best value in wrestling today. Check it out for yourself at adfreeshows.com. And if you're looking for the ultimate gift for the wrestling fan this Father's Day, you can now give the gift of ad-free shows. Head over to adfreegift.com right now to purchase an ad-free show subscription to get over with someone special in your life this Father's Day. That's adfreegift.com. Are you feeling stuck making minimum payments on your credit card debt? SaveWithConrad.com can help, and you don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket to do this. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender. Oh, and did I mention no house payments for two months? Get rid of your credit card debt and lower your monthly payments right now at SaveWithConrad.com. We are broadcasting from the Blue Chew Studios. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code ARN at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. Hello and welcome to ARN. This is Paul Bromwell, and today I'm joined by the Hall of Famer, the founder of the Four Horsemen, the creator of the Spinebuster, the sole owner of the Four Horsemen trademark, and lover of satin jackets, not nylon Bromwell. I know he's the enforcer. He's double a he's Arn Anderson. Arn, how you doing today, man? Good morning. I'm always good when we are going to have some fun. So, uh, it's going to be a good day. It is. It is. And Arn, before we jump into today's show, I wanted to take a few minutes to catch up with you on a few things. Uh, number one, over the past couple weeks, the outpouring of love from your fans has been amazing. Candidly, in the manner uh, we've come to expect from you, you laid out the reasons for the breathing issues and the love and positive message you have received have been awesome to see, my friend. And even if you claim you never beat anybody, there are a ton of fans out there that love the Enforcer. So thank you for doing that, man. No, thank you for them understanding, and I'm working on it. Trust me, it's nobody's more aware of it than me. It's just... One of those things that man, it's gonna, it's gonna be a work in progress. Uh, listen, I saw some Patreon comments, and some of those guys were ready to beat some asses. It was so much fun to read through some of that stuff. You are loved, and uh, everybody's good. But I want to talk to you about something else that was fun, and that's June tenth in Webster, Massachusetts. FTR took on Brock and Pillman Jr. with you in their corner, and uh, FTR they had Bret Hart, and I heard from a very dear, close personal friend of the show. Amy Vaughn, 
uh, that she almost, by the way, melted when she met you. But uh, there, there was a lot of, it was great. The environment was insane. The crowd was off the chain. Can you talk to us a little bit about the show? I mean, it's a big time match. What did you think about that evening? Well, God, I love Amy. She's such a, a wonderful fan, and uh, she supports us in so many ways. Uh, it's always just a pleasure to talk to her, see her, or everything. So thank you, Amy. We appreciate you. Uh, Webster was a town about 70 miles or so from Boston. And, man, what a successful show. I mean, my God, I don't know how many people there, but it was packed. And uh, Brock and Pillman, they knew going in, they were over their head. But, you know, other than being apprehensive and nervous, and man, it just charged them. It just, uh, that was their first time teaming as as a team. And uh, those guys went out and went after it. Now, they were outclassed in a lot of ways, experience, uh, talent, just from... You know, the years put in, FTR is the best team in the world. And I keep saying that. I know people are sick of it. But if you've watched them, whether it's individually or as a team, man, they've been tearing it up. And uh, the experience that Brock and Pillman got from that is is irreplaceable on the grand scheme of things. So uh, I was so happy for him. He was really, really excited about it. So was Pillman. And... It was a good night, really was. It was awesome, man. People were sharing clips uh, online of the intros, FTR, Bret Hart, and you're standing there on the ring apron, and you could just feel the energy. And I, I, I just couldn't wait to talk to you about the experience. Um, sometimes those smaller venues, you just you can feel it more uh, with the crowd and everything, and it just felt like it was really special that night. So thank you for sharing that with us. Well, and Bret Hart, you know, being on the other side, we haven't been in the ring since. I was with WWF, and we had that SummerSlam match with the Hart Foundation, Tully and myself. So a lot of water under the bridge since then. It was a a great night. You talked about FTR, and I got to mention it because I know you're just a a massive fan of of them, as as I'm I. I saw Dynamite the other night, and Dax Harwood took on Will Ospreay, and my goodness, they tore it down. Dax, Dax is incredible. The Dax and Cash are both incredible. But you're right, singles or collectively, I mean, it is. It's just some of the best wrestling you're going to see on TV right now. There's not a runt in that bunch. I can tell you, Dax and Cash are phenomenal. Really they were. Are. Will Osprey's a tremendous talent too. So it was great for the fans. Great for the show. Great for the boys. Everybody won. Man, it was. Well, Arna, before we get into the show, we're just 30 days away from StarCast. It's July 29th through 31st. We're going to be at the fairgrounds in Nashville. It's the last ride of the four horsemen. It's you, Tully, Barry, Lex, Rick, and JJ. You're all going to be in, t- in attendance together. We have the roast of the nature boy. We have Nature's last match. And, of course, probably a once-in-a-lifetime photo opportunity with the six of you. Platinum and gold bracelets are available for purchase, as are the meet and greets at StarCast.com. Arn, tell the fans what they can expect from Mr. Thompson's team that weekend of July 29th through 31st. Well, Conrad has always put the fans first, and I think that's why he's been so successful and so popular, and all these podcasts that he has are all diverse and different. But he just tries to put on a show that, 
he operates halfway from the promoter and halfway being a fan. That's right. And what what would he want if he was a fan? And uh, he tries to take take extra care of all of everybody that shows up there. And I know I do, and and the other guys will as well. It's a chance to get to know our fan base and have a few minutes and talk to them and ask them some questions. And, you know, everyone just about, I'm not kidding you, I'd say five-sixths of the people that come through the line to get a picture and have a word and get something signed, they always leave and say, like the podcast, love the podcast. So take some of that credit yourself, my friend. You're doing a great job. Now, just here to facilitate uh, your stories, man. I'm just so thankful to be part of it. But listen, if you haven't taken advantage of it already, and, and, and say you can't make it. Say, Paul, I've already got summer plans. Uh, unfortunately, I'm not going to make it. We already had everything mapped out. I get that. But listen, you can go to StarCastWithArn.com. Arn, that's a real thing. We have a website, StarCastWithArn.com, and you can pick a package that you can prop up your feet Sit at home in your easy chair and watch it all exclusively on Fight TV. How cool is that, man? That's awesome. That's, That's awesome. awesome. It is. Uh, it's going to be a, it's going to be a very very different event, and I I don't even know the the cards, so there's going to be some surprises, and uh, it's just going to be fun for everybody. It is, and as our boy with the big cheeks might say, that's enough shilling for this episode. It's time to get to the reason everyone listens to this podcast. And Arn, that's uh, to listen to you take us through uh, a walk down memory lane. And we discussed last week your March to v- your very first pay per view with the WWF uh, Survivor Series in 1988. And during that match, you and Tully were uh, counted out along with the Rockers when the four of you began brawling. The referees couldn't restore order, so Arn. Don't have, uh, you know, we don't have the 25 days of Christmas like the Hallmark Channel. No, sir. This week, it's the 25 days of the Rockers. Are you ready to get into December 1988? This will be an easy one. Oh, it is, man. This is going to be fun. Let's do it. We're going to open the month. It's December 2nd at the Show Me Center in Cape Girardeau, Missouri. That's right. With 2,000 in attendance, you and Tully defeated Sean and Marty. And then the next day, you move on to the Civic Auditorium in Omaha, Nebraska. It's the Brain Busters and the Rockers. You guys wrestled over 18 minutes in front of 5,300 fans. Telly would pick up the win with the slingshot suplex. And on that same day, in an interview, you and Tully and Bobby Heenan uh, would uh, have that interview, and it would air on syndicated television. And as we've come to expect, Arn, we have the clip here. And this is what the three of you had to say. Let's check it out together. You talk about the rockers. You talk about the stallions, the hearts, demolition, powers of pain. You can go on and on and on. But ladies and gentlemen and humanoids, I've got the best thing going right here. You know, Bobby the Brain Heenan, when he didn't have a tag team for a long time, I remember Gorilla Monsoon always trying to dig at you. But you went out and you found the best, one that deserves the name Heenan family around it. And that's Tully Blanchard and Arn Anderson. They've called us a lot of things in the past. The bottom line is they say we're overachievers. <laughs> what we are are two guys that are pulling for the same goal. We are the consummate team, poetry in motion. We're not going to drag the Heenan family down. It's going to be cement on the dynasty. Well, Bobby the Brain Heenan quite impressed with this pair. He has now added to the Heenan family, the Brain Busters. Arnold, I want to ask you a question here. So do you remember, you know, obviously doing these promos for the WWF at the time? 
were they just similar? Hey guys, this is what we're going to do. Go out and whatever you come up with, or was there like still coaching involved back then with promos? No, the time? they were they were coaching and they were giving you some points. But I can tell by the verbiage, they're starting to trust us a little more and they're starting to loosen up on us a little more and trust us to do the right thing. But they would they threw out. There was never a week throughout this whole thing. I'll let let a little bit out of the bag, but it's like through our entire tenure there, there were still bullet points. Mm, okay. We, and that never happened with Crockett. You were responsible for doing whatever you wanted. Yes. There you go. This episode is being brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouches, the simpler way to experience nicotine satisfaction and enjoy lasting change on your terms. Zen Nicotine Pouches are a fresher, simpler way to enjoy nicotine that's helped millions of people achieve lasting change by offering smoke-free and spit-free satisfaction. I don't know about you, but there's been many times in my life where I needed to make a change, like trying to be healthier, spending less time at work. I knew I needed to make a change, but I just wasn't ready yet. And a lot of smokers and dippers out there can probably relate. Zen understands there isn't just one quote unquote right time to make a change. Everyone's timeline is a little different. Everyone's on their own journey. So whether you feel like you're ready to take that first step towards change, Zen will be there with you with the right strength with the right flavor at the right time. If you're thinking about making a change and you want to learn more today, check out Zen nicotine pouches at ZYN.com. That's Zen.com. That's ZYN.com. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Well, December 4th, it's the Veterans Memorial Auditorium in Des Moines, Iowa. The Rockers picked up the win by DQ. Uh, this match, by the way, Arn, was smack dab in the middle of the card. Headlined by the Warrior versus Honky Tonk Man and Jake the Snake versus Andre the Giant. That's when they had their big feud going on. And Arn, we haven't talked a whole lot about the boss up to this point. But now that you and Telly are with Bobby and you've been in WWF a couple months how did Andre take to you guys? Anything specific that stands out about how you met and what your interactions with Andre looked like? Andre was a pretty private guy, uh, believe it or not. I mean, he wasn't someone that sat in the locker room and, uh, and joked it up with all the guys. But he was a guy that would sit there and drink three or four bottles of wine and play a bunch of hands of cribbage with anybody that would play with him pretty much every night before his match. So, you know, whatever giant you got that particular day was probably what mood he was in. He uh, he was always great with me, and, you know, and I never had a, a crossword with him, but I know that his back during this period was starting to really bother him, and he'll never say that. I never saw anybody working on his back. You know, the trainer, I don't even, and to be honest with you, I don't even remember if we had a trainer at that time. But he uh, he never complained. He went to the ring. He was the giant every single night you saw him. He never wavered. And uh, 
you know, when the matches were over, if it was a situation where we were staying over, if it was TV night or, or if we're just staying over, we would go to the hotel bar. Man, could he put away some volume. It's crazy, too, because you've talked, you know, on the show a lot about just traveling and the wear and tear of traveling up and down the roads. But then you talk about a guy like Andre the Giant. Can you imagine what that must have been like for him making the towns and things like that at his size and, uh, you know, in the airports and things of that nature? Just I can't imagine. What what vehicle would you get in to be comfortable? Uh, nothing. Paul, what, you know, I saw him try to sit in a first-class seat on an airplane. He didn't fit anywhere. And God bless him, man. I, I would, my heart really went out to him because I could just tell. I know that that I'm not comfortable at my size in a coach seat. And I looked at him in that first class seat, and it was like my spilling God. over on both sides. And God, the person sitting beside him. Can you imagine? <laughs> no, thank you. I would if I were Andre, I'd just buy the whole, you know, the two seats there. If it was a two seat first class setup. Forget what, that, man. What are you going to do? Elbow him and say, hey, scoot over, big guy? <laughs> Can't imagine that conversation would go no. well. No. <laughs> yeah, the plane would empty quickly, I'm sure. Yeah. My goodness. But, uh, man, he is uh, he's an icon in the business and just if, more than the business. I mean, he was pop culture and, you know, well-documented. They have the HBO documentary. And you got to interact with him. So I've always been kind of curious. Uh, you're part of the Heenan family. So I was just wondering if you got to, you know, any good stories of interacting with Andre. So thank you for sharing that. Well, uh, he's a true giant, you know. Just yeah. let me just end it by, you know, Big Show, seven hundred. You know, he was Big Show was seven foot, whatever it was, a little over seven feet. You know, he was four hundred and fifty pounds, but he was symmetrical. He looked just like a huge, normal guy that was in shape. Andre. His butt had to be three feet wide. His head was huge. His hands and fingers were huge. He was every way imaginable. You could be a giant. He was a true giant. Well, let's talk a little bit about uh, December moving on with you guys. You go from Iowa on the 4th. You and Telly and the Rockers travel to Fort Pierce, Florida, you had 3,000 people in attendance to watch the four of you wrestle. And then the following day, you guys, on December 6th, uh, from a sold-out Ocean Center in Daytona Beach, Florida, 10,000-plus fans in the debut of that venue for the company. Uh, WWF conducted one of its most infamous TV days in a match film for the French audience. This is a rare one uh, here, Arn. This is a nugget. You lost to Tom McGee by countout following a super kick. And our buddy, who does a lot of research and help for us on this show, Richard Land, he puts all the clips together, found this match for us, and he included a couple of notes. This is the only singles match, Arn, that you had in WWF, and it was only televised in foreign markets. Prior to 2015, there was no record of the match even existing until Richard was able to track it down from a man in France who had told him about it. Richard subsequently uploaded that match to YouTube, and Arn... I say all that, say, we're going to watch that. The only singles match that you ever wrestled for the WWF. The commentary is in French, so we're going to watch this with the audio down once the Fink introduces you guys so we can hear your feedback. And afterwards, I have a couple questions. 
But man, this is going to be kind of fun. You and Tom McGee in a singles match here for the WWF. You ready for this? Fun for who? Uh, I think it's going to be fun for you, fun for the, me, and fun for our fans. This is going to be a four-finger stinker, and I'm pretty sure I remember this one. Oh, all right. Well, let's check it out. And uh, once after the thing's done, you can uh, talk through it if you do remember. Right, here if we go. If you come back to me and I'm hanging from the ceiling, <laughs> you'll know what I thought. We about. know why. All right. It was that bad. All right. Let's take a look. Here we go. And buddy, that's where we'll mute it because the rest is in French. But here we go. It's you and Tom McGee. And uh, I'm going to just let you kind of take a look at this. And our friends on YouTube and on AdFree are getting to watch this as well. But I think this is pretty a fun nugget. And thank you, Richard Land, for uh, finding this for us. Well, as you could tell, obviously the guy was a hell of an athlete. Look at me, look at the body on him. I think I'm not sure what his background was, but wasn't necessarily wrestling. Yeah, I can tell you. So, Arn, this is so obscure. Before we get into it, do you even remember that as you're watching this? Do you ever even remember wrestling this match? Yes, you do. Okay, and the circumstances around it, and the swerves that went with it. Do you remember why the company would have asked you to wrestle this match, considering they treated you and Tully as a as a team up to this point? Yep, it was a test. We'll get to the finish, and, uh, and I'm sure he, he won. But it was told to me this was, this was just a, uh, a dark match. It's not on TV. We just want to have a look at this guy. We wanted one of our best guys out there to see what kind of match you could pull out of him. It was designed the way I was told to have a look at him. It wasn't about me. So, Arn, here's another interesting nugget on Tom McGee. Uh, Tom had a match with Bret Hart two years prior to this, and at a past StarCast, Tom and Bret sat down to discuss that match, which is available to all our listeners on at the ad-free platform. So uh, another little fun nugget there. He had wrestled Bret Hart two years before this as well. Yeah, he only had a couple of, of these type matches. Uh and hey, if I look at it one way, and if they truly meant it to be what it was, that hey, you're good enough, you can pull a match out of this guy, let's see what he's got, because he looks great. I would have been flattered by that, but that's it's only partially what it was about. It was to see how I would react to it. Ah. See what I mean? Yep. They were always testing you to see what your attitude was. Yeah, and they he was just a, just randomly. They were just randomly booking matches, like a dark match, a true dark match at TV, and just to just to see how you would react with something that meant absolutely no sense. Yeah, it was one of those matches that uh, I guess when Vince when he wrestled uh, Hitman, Vince was so impressed with him, but nobody could ever find the match. It was considered to be the holy grail. This is the one with him and Brett. They found it. Conrad was able to kind of do a fun thing with it at StarCast. But, uh, man, he was he would be only seen sporadically after this. He wrestled you here. He wrestled uh, a few times in 88 against Mike Sharp. Um, he wrestled against Tim Horner in some house shows. 
And uh, and then his final appearance would be in April 1990, where he was divided, defeated by the Royal Viking in, in uh, multiple encounters. But there was a time where Vince thought this he could be the next big thing for you got for WWF, and it just never worked out for him. Well, Vince was, you know, his favorite thing of all is the body. Yep, he was a body guy, yep. You know, and it, it, it superseded everything, your ability to talk, your ability to work, your ability to draw money. If you had a tremendous physique, you caught his eye, and you can look, you know, at the guys that he really, really used well, what was the first thing you notice? Body guys. Bodies, yep. So here you are, catch the boot coming off the rope. He does an insecure, and he didn't get the foot off real high there on you. Yeah, well, there you go. Yeah, but you're you're doing what you do. You got Joey Morella in the ring. Any fun? Do you remember working with Joey at all, Arn? Awesome. Yeah, he, he did an incredible impersonation uh, of the Brooklyn Brawler. If you were mm. if you had your back to him, you'd swear it was the Brawler. It was hilarious. Ah, that's good stuff. He's a he's a longtime close personal friend of uh, Mike Kyoto as well. They kind of grew up together as teenagers in New Jersey. That's how Mike got in the business was through uh, Joey Morella. Right. Yeah, Gorilla Monsoon side. That's right. That's right. So it looks like the countout is on. He makes his way back in there. You can see the Superstars banner on the top and uh, shoulder shoulder spot into your ribs. Tom McGee, again, showing the athleticism, jumping all around, trying to do a moonsault. You get out of the way. Was, he, yeah, a gym, he, was he a gymnast? Prior to this, he said that he was a power lifter and uh, body, and was all into bodybuilding. He was in the, he set some records in the 1983 World Strongest Man competition, and uh, he competed as a bodybuilder to win the Mister British Columbia body bodybuilding title in 1984, and then that's when he uh, started to work for Stu Hart a little bit in Stampede Wrestling, and uh, do some stuff with the WWF. Nice leapfrog. Oh, yeah, super kick. That's looked a little dangerous. I was okay. That that was all right. All right. At this point, I was probably numb anyway. See all that flipping around? That's that, that, that tells me he had to have some gymnast, even if it was a kid, you know? It goes to show when you Experience. say body and the athleticism, you can see why Vince probably wanted to have a few peaks at him. Yeah, and I mean, he, I've seen a lot worse. He's not completely stinking the joint out at this point. But he and that's just, it. I just yeah, count out was the finish. Count out was the finish. Yes, sir. Yep, and that's flat. That really didn't do a whole lot for him. Winning by a count out. Um, Are there so yeah. so uh, you know what I'm th- and just so you know the mentality is like. Okay, we need you to get counted out. You're going to lose, even though we're in a program working with the Rockers, who are unbelievable and tearing the joint down every night with those guys. This was just one of those things that was a test, and they could actually explain it away. Well, we didn't have them beat you; you just got counted out. But that doesn't do anything for you. It doesn't do anything for him. Count outs, unless it's two guys. And remember this when you go forward in your career, Paul, count outs can be exciting if two guys are having a hockey fight when that bell rings on the floor. 
But when a guy's standing there and one's out there on the floor just hanging out on his knees, and that's the heel, and the baby face would not allow that. He would go bail out, roll him back in the ring, and give himself a crack of winning the match legitimately. That's right. So there's two different kinds of uh, count-outs. One can be exciting if it's your hockey fight. The other one is just flat as hell. And we got to see the flat as hell one there. there. We did. Well, listen, the action wouldn't stop there for you that day because later on during these marathon tapings, you and Telly were together, and uh, you defeated some familiar foes. That's right. George South and Tim Horner uh, were there, and they were wrestling for the WWF, and you guys defeated them after the spike pile driver. And the match would not air until January the 9th. Arn, these are guys we've talked about in previous episodes. Do you have any recollection how they ended up working with the, uh, as far as enhancement talent with the WWF? Well, Tim actually got, he was on the crew for a while. He, uh, they used him. They brought him in. He was working opening matches, second matches. He was there maybe six months, I want to say. And actually there was... We left, and he was still there, I think, and there was, he said, hey, I'm getting the hell out of here, too. And I guess they tried, believe it or not, to block him from leaving. After we after we left, there was like this, uh, it was almost like a subliminal message. It was sent out, okay, they let those guys go. They're not taking care of me at all. I'm going to get out of here, too. And I think Vince sensed that and put a stop to it. And he started blocking guys. And I, I want to say Tim had to get a lawyer and all that just to get out of his contract. And that contract was for $150 times 10. That's all they guaranteed you. Us and them and everybody. That was your standard contract. So they were obligated for you to work for them for the entire year, and all they had to pay you technically was fifteen hundred bucks. Oh my that, god! Isn't that, isn't that ridiculous? That's unbelievable. And so Tim Horner had to fight to get out of that. Yeah, and he was a tremendous. You know, Tim Horner's a tremendous talent, and George South's a tremendous talent. So if we wrestled them later that night, the real criminal part of it is. They've already seen me. They've already seen me get bounced all over the ring. So me and Tully coming out together, I'm sure, was a less than response. We've already seen you get your ass kicked once. So if you try to do something for uh, Tim and you try to do something for George again, you know, I'd have to see the match to see how much of it we took. But I'm sure, you know, that just weakens you even more. It was almost like they didn't want you to get Two over. Mm. Well, Aaron, recording television for three different syndicated television shows often made for a long day. And what the wrestlers of the golden era needed to optimize their immune system and give them more energy was of athletic greens. I started taking AG1 because I needed more energy and I was tired of taking pills and vitamins. And Arn, just one scoop of it gives you 75 high-quality vitamins and minerals. I'm talking improving your gut health, sleeping better, improved focus. What's not to like? It's a slam dunk. And you get better sleep quality and recovery. It costs less than $3 a day. It's completely worth the investment in you. And it's received 7,000 five-star reviews. That's pretty big time, my friend. 
Yeah, I'm taking it. You know, to be honest with you, I haven't. I give myself uh, like a six week window for for supplements before I judge them. I haven't quite got there yet, uh, but I've been taking it. Just stir it up in some cold water, and you're good to go. Right? That's yep, it. That's it. And right now, you can do what Arn's doing, and you can reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day just like the founder of the Four Horsemen is doing. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase, so all kinds of bonuses. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash Arn. Again, that's athleticgreens.com forward slash Arn to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. So, Arn, on December 7th, WWF recorded Wrestling Challenge, Primetime Wrestling, and Superstars from the Sun Dome in Tampa, Florida. There's 9,176 fans. They watch you and Tully defeat George Terrell and Scott Casey in one minute and 44 seconds when you guys hit the spike pile driver behind the referee's back. Arn, real quick. Were you guys trying to present the pile driver as an illegal move? I asked because Gorilla called it an illegal uh, move in one of the clips we watched. And in this case, it was done behind the ref's back. Technically, at that time, it would have been both guys in the ring right in front of the referee. That would have been a no-no. Sometimes you could get away with it. Sometimes you couldn't. You tried to because, you know, it was a vicious move at that time. And it... uh, Paid dividends, so if you could do it behind the refs back, that was great. Couldn't always pull that off, though. Arn, as you have previously told us about the spike pile driver, that move can be pulled off on anyone at any time. But when it comes time to that falls count anywhere match with your partner, sometimes a guy just needs a helping hand, a boost, a jump, if you will. And like Tully coming off the second rope, Bluetooth is here for when you guys need it most. And as we all know, it's drop-top titty-tipping time, and temperatures aren't the only thing rising this summer. BlueChew.com is giving guys confidence all over the world. Isn't that right, Arn? Say that again. Drop-top what? Titty time? (laughs) Drop-top titty-tipping time. Weird in God's name. Did Did you make that up? I have not. It's actually a phrase. It's a thing, Mr. Anderson. It's somewhat disturbing. Of all the things you can't say, can you say titty? You can. You can, especially when you're doing ads for Blue Chew, my friend. Hey, forget flowers. Forget the Whitman sampler. Forget the 30 long stems. Take you a couple of those Blue Chews, pal. You won't need any gifts. The gift is that uh, tent post you're bringing with you. 
Oh, I love you for that. And by the way, Blue Chew is an online prescription service, so there's no need to visit the doctor's office. There's no awkward conversations. No waiting in line at the pharmacy. It ships right to your door. It's a discreet package. You get that discreet package, you pop it, and that temp post is ready to go. The process is simple. You sign up at BlueChew.com. You consult with one of their medical providers. They're licensed. And once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days the best part, it's all done online. And if you don't like swallowing pills, there's no problems here, pal. Blue Chew's tablets are chewable, just like those Flintstone vitamins. You can't beat it. There are all kinds of reasons guys aren't able to perform. It could be age. It could be medical conditions for us older guys. Maybe it's stress and anxiety for the younger guys. Arn, I'm sure you've heard of performance anxiety. It's just not in the ring, buddy. It happens all the time in the bedroom for guys all across this great country. Well, Blue Chew takes the thought process out of it. It's involuntary, buddy. 20 minutes, and you got no choice but to attack the misses. There you go. And the chewables from BlueChew.com can make sure you're able to perform at your very best every time you get the opportunity to have fun. And here's the deal for our listeners. This is a special one. Try Blue Chew free when using our promo code ARN at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's it. That's BlueChew.com, promo code ARN, to receive your first month free. Go to BlueChew.com for more details and safety info. Well, ARN, the next day, the WWF ran the Miami Arena, where 2,800 people watched you and Telly defeat the Rockers. Of note, this was the Hogan card, as he took on the big boss man in the main event. ARN, does 2,800 seem a little light for WWF in Miami with Hogan at the top? This was a house show? Yeah, it was. That is a little light because that match drew. Yeah, drew that's around. a big time. We were underneath it. We were uh, semi-main with the Rockers. That's correct. And uh, those, predominantly, those, uh, those drew. They drew well. I don't know what happened there. Yeah, it's December, so, you know, I don't know how busy the beaches are in Miami in December, but uh, not sure what was going on there, but not a big audience. So we move on. It's the ninth. You guys would travel to Jacksonville, and again, you work the Hogan card, this time second from the top. You and Tully picked up the win in front of 4,100 fans, and then you jumped on the old airplane, and you took a morning flight, and on the 10th, you, took, you went to Kansas City. 7,000 fans filled the Municipal Auditorium where you and Tully once again defeated the Rockers. And you moved on to South Bend, Indiana on the 11th. My God, your travel schedule, Arn. It's no joke for all these years that we cover. It really wasn't. You guys worked the same card as Macho Man and Rick Rude, and you closed the event that night with a victory over the Rockers. But, man, the travel is just incredible, my friend. Well, and we knew this when we left, but now you don't have the private planes. Everything is commercial, which means 6 a.m. every single morning. And do not miss that 6 a.m. because the tickets were worthless. They had bought them so far out, they had no value. You had to buy yourself a, a, a whole new ticket. So, you know, that getting up, at, when you get back from the arena at 11.30, 12 o'clock at night, and you got a 6 o'clock flight, which is a 4 o'clock wake up, not much rest there, bud. Mm. Well, Arn, uh, we're about 11 days into this loop here in December, and we said it at the top of the show. This month is all about the matches between you guys and the Rockers. With 10 actual matches under your belts, do you remember how you and Telly were feeling about this program? We're getting to be the best we can be. 
and that overrode travel schedules. I don't even remember what we were making at that point, but it wasn't even a, a prerequisite on our thought process. We were getting to go out there every night and work with two guys that could just tear it up, trust us, believe us. You know, we were teaching them. It's hard to say we were teaching Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty, but we were. Yeah. And, and if you ask them, they'll tell you we were. Uh, you know, Tully and I were a very, very advanced heel team, and we knew our job description. We knew what to do, and when you have two guys that talented, man, it's a stroll in the park. And you had shared uh, previously that you guys were adapting to a new style yourselves in the WWF. You weren't supposed to be the bump machines anymore like you were for Crockett. And uh, so how did that feel Was as far as was it different compared to, say, working with a team like the Rock and Roll Express when you were in Crockett to working with – how was it to working with the Rockers here at this point? Well, they just uh... – I hear those comparisons, and I'm asked to make a comparison all the time. It's oranges and apples. I would say that uh, athletically, as far as high spots, the Rockers were superior. At that particular time, in that era, selling goes to Ricky Morton, period. So, you know, they were were both great teams, uh, but the Rockers were just – Man, you're talking about running up that turnbuckle and turning a flip with no hands. and Yeah. You know, Gennetti did a thing that I thought was cool. It wasn't a high-impact something, but guy would come off the ropes. Gennetti would come off the ropes. The guy would go to hip-toss him, and he would just spin around on the arm. I'm sure you've seen it, mm-hmm. and land almost where he started on his feet. It was just cool things, just uh, innovative stuff that they came up with. And... uh this was one of those matches that Barry Darso of Demolition was going to have to chew me out about because, brother, we were going to bump for those guys and tear it up, uh, and we did. You certainly did, and it's fun, too, to hear you say Ricky Morton still was uh, really good as far as selling goes. Eventually, eventually, Sean uh, of the Rockers would learn how to be a fantastic seller as well i mean he would be known for that in his career so that was part of his involvement yep and besides you know his offensive ability he was he was they both sold good they were great team yeah speaking of looking and feeling different if you want to improve your overall health look no further than basis by elysium the most trusted source for nad supplementation their product basis is clinically proven to increase levels of nad plus by 40% safely and sustainably. They are unlike any other health company I've seen, and they're at the forefront of NAD Plus supplementation. They have dozens of the world's best scientists. Eight of them are Nobel Prize winners. NAD Plus is found in every single cell of your body and is responsible for creating energy and regulating hundreds of cell functions. But NAD Plus levels decline as you age. So for guys like us, Arn, who are in their 40s, 50s, and 60s, lack of sleep, intense exercise, unbalanced diet, and sun overexposure has proven to deplete our NAD plus levels. And decreased NAD plus levels are linked to faster biological aging and can slow down vital body functions. And we need the edge. And Basis will do it for you. So go to trybasis.com slash Arn and enter code ARN at checkout to save 10% off of Basis prepaid 
pans, as well as other Elysium Health supplements. That's trybasis.com slash ARN and use code ARN at checkout to save 10%. And thank you, Elysium Health, for sponsoring this episode. So, Arn, we move on. It's December 12th in Phoenix, Arizona. You and Tully once again worked the last match of the night on the card. And that card featured Randy Savage and Rick Rude. You guys pick up the win against Sean and Marty. And that same day, the first encounter with the Rockers that we discussed last week aired on Prime Time Wrestling. And Arn, we got the clip. And because it's Prime Time, we got ourselves some Bobby and Gorilla. Let's go ahead and check this one out this week. <laughs> I'm sure you designed that whole thing. They came out of the ring before the match started. You didn't started. want any part of the Rockers oh, inside. You didn't want that. to be humiliated on national television. Admit it. Admit oh, it to our viewing audience. Who attacked who first? They came out of the ring and attacked my, attacked my brain busters. 
They knew if the bell was going to ring, it'd be over for them. They we, designed that. We must that. have been watching something different, you and I. You must have been watching one thing, and I must have been watching something else. My brain busters and myself walked up. The Rockers jumped out of the ring, over the top rope, tore into us. There, there's no sense. He doesn't make any sense, folks. There's no point continuing this any further. But sooner or later, these two guys are going to, these four guys are going to have to get together inside that squared circle, and the bell's going to ring, and once and for all, we're going to settle. Who's better, the Rockers or the brain busters? Uh, how fun is that? I mean, that was good stuff. They're magic together, weren't they? Oh, so good. But but talk about magic. I mean, that that brawl pull apart thing, that really puts some 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 gasoline on what you're doing with them. Yeah, that felt like a fight. That was a fight. That was. Buddy, let me tell you something. We went through that curtain, I was sucking air. <laughs> I mean, that was that was pretty intense. Really that was. Awesome. That was good. It was a good way to just get it even more stirred up between the two teams. And then, uh, again, the Gorilla Bobby back and forth. It doesn't get much better than that. So you guys are involved in a Red Hat tag team uh, matchup with, with the Rockers. This is fun. It's exciting. Four days later, you're back to the Midwest. It's December 16th. And, uh, and Tully wrestled the Rocker. you and Tully wrestled the Rockers in Toledo, Ohio. The next, day, the next day, you guys are in my stomping grounds. You're at the Spectrum in Philadelphia. For a matinee show, five thousand seven hundred and twenty-three fans turned out and watched you and Tully defeat the Rockers in just under twelve minutes. When you chop blocked Janetti as he was attempting a suplex on Tully, a good old school finish to that one. But you don't have to take my word for it. Double A, we have the closing minutes before we get to that match at the Spectrum. Is this the first time I guess you guys would have wrestled at the Spectrum? Because when you and Crockett, when you come to Philadelphia, you were at the Civic Center, right? Correct. And a lot of nights when we were with Crockett, we were head up against those guys. That's right. That's right. They'd have a packed house. We'd have a packed house. Business was great. There we go. Well, let's take a look at it. This is you guys at the Philadelphia Spectrum against the Rockers. This is our last clip of the week. Here we go. December 17th. Oh, 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 oh. What a team I got. I couldn't be prouder. Just the trunks. You gotta hook the trunks. Look at the eyes. Look at Arn Anderson's eyes, man. You can tell. Oh. Gotcha. Gotcha. I know what's happening now. Who's gonna help there in the side? Got him in the corner. <laughs> oh, referee. All right, you gotta switch. Tag is made. Tag is made. I heard the tag. Yep. <laughs> sure. Yeah, he's. Okay, ref, I heard it. I heard it, ref. Well, you got a bunch of fans at ringside, I'll tell you that, Bobby the Brain. There are a few people in the Philadelphia area that do appreciate a winner. Got a bunch of course, they of have to. They got no winners here. You know what the Phillies and the Eagles and the Flyers and everybody else does? Nothing. Uh -huh. Oh, look at that. We're going to switch here. Turn about. Kick out. He did kick out the last second. Oh. oh, man. This all that. Oh, tag. The tag. tag to make. Referee saw the tag. That's okay. That's okay, Tully. How's that precision in a tag team? We're taking him to the ropes. Oh, wait, 
When he makes the pull tag. yourself, pull yourself. The tag made. Tag made. Tag made. Come on. Come on, Tony. Well, two against one. Come on. Oh, body with a body slam. This guy has really turned on this Come on, referee. There's two men in there. Got one of my men. Tag made the other rocker in. Coming at him. Shoulder block. Both guys get down. The brain busters are down. Where's he going now? Where's he going? No tag was made. I don't know who's in there, do you? I don't know. No, I don't know. At this point, the referee doesn't know either. Of course, he didn't know when the match, didn't know when the match started. Got it, got it. Oh, wait a minute. Now. One, two, three. That's it. Still not over. Look outside the ring. I don't know what's going on here. What was the result? I believe the, I think the brain busters won on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Side looks to be... Bobby, it looked to me, one on the pin on the other side of the ring. I, I think it was Blanchard did it. I'm not I'm not sure. I think Blanchard got it. I want to hear an announcement. Come on. Come on, ring announcer. <laughs> I think they got it, Bobby. Come on, give me the result. Arn Anderson believes it, too. The winners of this bout, the Breen yeah! Busters. There it is. My goodness. Talk about Bobby Heenan. So they showed him his little inset picture during some of the match. But, I mean, the facials, his voice work, the back and forth, he's just enhanced an already excellent match, didn't he? Yeah, the weasel. Bobby was the most articulate, um, quick-witted, funny, sharpest guy I've ever met in the business. Bar none. And I don't think Bobby had an extensive education. You can check me on this. But something like eighth grade, mm. something like that. I may be off and may have dreamed this. I hope not. But that just made him even more amazing because I could look at Bobby and go, Bobby, this can's got a leak in it. And before I could get it out of my mouth, he had a humorous comeback of some sort funny funniest guy i ever met what yeah, a loss no, what a loss I, I, absolutely he was so good and it, it just i mean we're looking back at this and it's armchair you know quarterbacking but couldn't have come in couldn't have happened any better for you and tully to come in and then immediately plug you with bobby heenan make you part of the heenan family it just worked it worked for the both of you coming away from crockett with jj different personality different presentation but this presentation was still just as successful, if not even a little bit more. It was just great. It was a great rub for us, and it, it just uh, let the audience know they're going to use these guys well. Because look who we had with That's him. Right. We had the Giant. The Heenan family. Haku. I yep. mean. And then he had you guys, the greatest tag team of all time. So listen, later that evening, the fans agreed. In there you go. In Scranton, Pennsylvania, they were treated to that match as you guys completed the double shot. 
And it's just an example of how much talent and how popular WWF was at the end of 88. The A-card matinee was Hogan and Bossman on top. That same day in Oakland, California, they drew 10,000 fans. It's just simply amazing how hot the business was at this time, at least for the WWF. Uh, just, just incredible what they were able to pull in terms of A, B, and even C house shows at this point. Well, they went around stole all the top guys. Yeah, well, out yeah, of every point. every territory, they had an all star team. They should be able to draw a call in a couple towns a night. <laughs> That's true. True that. That's for sure. Well, on the 18th, R and WWF is at the Meadowlands in New Jersey, and on this night, you guys are not working with the Rockers. I can't believe it. It's with the Hart Foundation, and you four would go on to have a show stealer of a match at SummerSlam 89, and we'll get there. But back in December, what was your impression of the Hitman and the Anvil? Great. Totally different. You know, Anvil was the power guy. Brett was the technician. They were great together. Uh, the best teams I've seen are the ones where they have two guys that are totally different in their styles and their look. They just gel together. One features the other, and that's what they were. Those guys were a great team. So, Arn, I have something a little bit interesting for you. I'm, I'm interested to hear uh, how this worked for the WWF because eight days later, December 26th, you're at Hershey Park. There's 5,000 fans, Hershey Park Arena. 5,000 fans. There's a matinee show where you and Tully work with the Rockers. But Christmas week was always a huge part of Crockett's business. And I would imagine WWF would have tried to capitalize on this you know, time of year as well. But our guys over at the history of WWE.com have no results posted for the seven days between uh, these events. Was it Vince's decisions to take the show off the road maybe and give you guys some time home with the family? Do you remember that at all? Uh, no, but I would have been very, very thankful when it happened. I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, that would have been awesome. I can't, re- I was wondering if you remember during that year there, if you had Christmas week off or not. Well, we had to, there wouldn't have been any place else we would have been. Yeah. There's no results listed. It, you know, I was fixing to, before you refresh my memory and validated that I was fixing to bitch because if we had a matinee show, the 26th, we had to have left Christmas night. You know, that's the only way you could have done it. You couldn't have woke up that morning and tried to jam that all together. It's just too much of a risk, and there was no such thing as missing towns. just didn't happen, so we would have had to have left. But if if we were all seven days prior to that, I'm sure it was not an issue. There you go. Uh, Later that evening, you guys would complete the double shot. You'd have 12,500 fans at the Capitol Center in Landover, Maryland. They watched you and Tully defeat the Rockers. The main event of that card, Ultimate Warrior versus the Honky Tonk Man in a steel cage match. 12,500 fans the night after Christmas. That's a big-time card, man. Well, plus the kids, you know, don't, don't, um, sword, I'm like, don't make light of the fact that the kids were out of school. That's true. They're still out during their period up till. January, the whatever the day, the third or whatever it would be. When you got the kids out of school and it's Christmas week and everybody's having a good time, notoriously that was one of the biggest weeks of the year, and uh, I'm sure that was. Well, listen, it's time to pause here and share with you uh, something that's very serious to me, and it's time to talk about keeping your family protected and keeping you with a good peace of mind. 
And that means it's talk, time to talk about Goliath Life. And really, it's all about uh, making sure that your insurance affairs are in order. We all get medical and auto insurance, yet we never even know if we're going to have a need for it. Let me let you in on a little secret. You need life insurance. Uh, now, as you let that reality sink in, think about what would happen if your family stopped having your income tomorrow. If you don't have a plan for that, you need to visit GoliathLife.com. And I mean right now. Listen, I've lost two friends in their 40s in the last year and a half, and I don't even want to think about what their families would be going through had they not had life insurance. If you don't have it, get it. Protect your family. And I suggest you go to GoliathLife.com because they've made the process of getting affordable life insurance super easy. GoliathLife.com streamlines the life insurance process by allowing you to get quotes from more than 20 carriers within minutes, and you'll pick your terms and payments to fit your budget. You pick your price, you start the online application immediately, and even schedule the medical exam to come to you. I know, I've done it. I sent someone to my office, I skipped the phone calls, the paperwork, and the crazy invasive conversations. GoliathLife.com makes buying life insurance simple. There's no hidden fees, no upsells, no hassle, hell, not even a phone call. GoliathLife.com is life insurance in your hands, on your time. Get multiple quick quotes right now from the comfort of your own home. And begin your application in a few easy clicks right now at GoliathLife.com. Arn, this is a no-brainer for me. Think about it every single day. You know, make sure that your family's taken care of. The one thing you don't, when you have a loss like that in a family, the one thing you don't want to have to worry about is financial issues. That's right. Well, Arn, we continue on with December. It's the 27th as we head into the end of the month, and the hits keep coming as you guys ran WWF Stronghold Wheeling, West Virginia, and this is a town of about 35,000 people back in 88, and 5,960 of them came to see the Brain Busters take on the Rockers the day after Christmas, watching you and Telly pick up the win, two days after Christmas, should I say, 14 minutes, 37 seconds when you pinned Shawn Michaels. After that match, buddy, you guys had to find the closest airport because on the 28th, you were at the Met Center in Minneapolis in front of 7,000 fans. I got to see the Brain Busters and the Rockers go 17 minutes, 43 seconds. You would once again pick up the win for the team when Tully swept Janetti's leg like he was Johnny Lawrence from the Karate Kid, allowing you to pick up the victory. And my goodness, from Minneapolis, and this is no bullshit, my friend, you fly back to the East Coast where you once again wrestle in West Virginia. I'm not making it up. From West Virginia to Minnesota, back to West Virginia. This time you're at the Civic Center on the 29th. The crowd was treated to another outing with the Rockers. Civic Center in what city? I don't have the city. I just have that it's another Civic Center location or arena in West Virginia. I don't have the city there. But, yeah, back and forth. God, it would about have to be, where's Marshall, the college located? Um, uh, Marshall is, I'm not super, let me, let me check it out. Marshall university is it, in Huntington, West Virginia. That's about six, 50 or 60 miles from Charleston. Now that's your two premier wrestling cities. Are you telling me that we went from Charleston to Minneapolis back? That's correct. It was a matter of days. A, had to have been Huntington. Had to be. Why? Why would you have just <laughs> never mind? Yeah. Well, this is this was the life on the road, man, back then. And then by the way, you went back out to Columbus, Ohio on the thirtieth. So you go from West Virginia 
to Minneapolis to West Virginia, then back out to Ohio. And you and Tully defeated the Rockers and wrestled them a second time in Dayton later that evening. And we close out the month on December 31st in Michigan. You and Tully took on the Rockers second from the top with the main event again, Warrior and Honky Tonk Man in a steel cage. And, buddy, that wraps up December of 1988. You and Tully worked the Rockers every night but one where you took on the Heart Foundation. Sellout after sellout, mile after mile. What a what a month! But it was all it was all the Rockers, brother, except for that one one event against the Heart Foundation. I think that was the week. I'm almost positive where we had because it was Christmas week that ran into that. We had three double shots that week. We wrestled ten times. That's that's a lot of wrestling, my friend. That's a lot of traveling. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Mm. Well, Arn, we're going to jump into January 1989 next week, and we'll look at your second big WWF pay-per-view. And uh, listen, it's a favorite of the hardcore wrestling fans. It's Royal Rumble. We're going to take a look at all the matches along the way as well. But, man, I'm, uh, I'm really looking forward to that. You're going to touch Hulk Hogan and Macho Man and wrestle some of these uh, big-time guys that we like to follow in the 80s. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. And let me clear up something just, you know, for our listeners and stuff. Don't think I'm sitting here hagging and bitching and complaining. I wouldn't, have, even though I am a little bit, I wouldn't swap one day in this business for anything else in the world. And the, the opportunity to go through that curtain and perform for all you folks, man, it, it, it becomes something that you can't describe it's more important than the money. It's more important than having a nice, you know, table at a restaurant or, you know, signing somebody's autograph at a rare place or having a celebrity be a fan of yours. The one thing that floats this business and keeps the guys that truly love the business coming back is that crowd reaction. So I'm not bitching about the travel. Uh, there's Like I said, there's not one day that I would have traded performing for you guys to do anything else in the world. So thank you. And and we certainly understand that, Arn. I'm just glad and happy that you kind of give us the, we're here for the other side of the coin. We want to hear some of those stories and kind of what it looked like on your side of it. So no worries at all. And by the way, what's the deal? I don't know if you saw uh, last week on Dynamite, uh, there was somebody that was encouraging your buddy, uh, Daniel Tosh, wants to see some Tosh and Arn Anderson again. Did you happen to catch that? Yes. Yes, and he, uh, matter of fact, he responded to it. He did. Talking about the forbidden door, and I responded to him. So there would be a, uh, probably if you look closely on his Facebook page, there'll probably be a response to Mr. Uh, Tasho. Yeah, Tosh said the real forbidden door needs to be opened. There you go, and it's it's the picture in the background set of uh, Daniel Tosh versus versus Arn Anderson. I only I see I only have Instagram. I don't have uh, Facebook, so I didn't see what you said. Oh yeah, here it is. Well, well, well. It's my old friend Tosh rearing his ugly head out of the comedy ashes. You're a funny guy in your world, and my extreme violence is an everyday occurrence. If you really want to walk through the forbidden door, I'll be available at AEW Dynamite every Wednesday. Come see me, Daniel. But remember. Old people are dangerous. We're, we're grumpy, mean sons of bitches. <laughs> I love it. Know that coming in, Daniel. 
And with that, we're bringing this grumpy, mean son of a bitch back again next week to talk all things January 1989. Arn, I'm looking forward to it. We're going to talk all things Royal Rumble on behalf of the founder of the Four Horsemen. Uh, this is Paul Bromwell. We'll see you right here again next week on Arn. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? Can <laughs> you pay me more? Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.